0: Hi everyone and welcome to That Teacher Podcast. My name's Josh Vine, your host, and this podcast is dedicated to helping teachers improve their pedagogy for better learning outcomes. In every episode, we discuss practical teaching tips that are evidence-based and simple to implement. We hope you're inspired and encouraged in what you do as teachers. So let's get into it and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to That Teacher Podcast. It's so great that you have joined us today. Uh, This week has been a week of milestones for That Teacher Podcast. We um, have just hit our first 100 likes on Facebook. Um, We've had over 300 downloads, and we're now currently being listened to in over eight countries. Um, And we've only been live for the last three to four weeks Um, putting content out for teachers. And so I want to thank everyone who has been listening. Um, I also want to thank those who have put in uh, comments and compliments into our Facebook page, and you can follow That Teacher Podcast on Facebook. We also have a That Teacher Podcast group on Facebook too. Of course, we'd love for you to subscribe as well to the channel so that you never miss an episode. On today's episode, I thought that we will come back to one of the foundational principles of teaching and what quality teaching looks like, and that is starting with a learning intention. Learning intentions are often underrated as an effective teaching practice, and I would encourage you, even now as we're having to teach online, that this is one of the most important things that we can do as teachers. To start our lessons with a learning intention and I wanted to bring some clarity to what a good learning intention looks like and how to use them in this episode. So a learning intention is very simple. It's a statement that describes exactly what the students should know or understand and will be able to do successfully and independently at the end of a specific lesson. When it comes to the research around learning intentions, John Hattie has looked into this and done some research around effective teaching practices. And uh, learning goals or learning intentions score a 0.68 for their effectiveness. Now, again, 0.4 is one year's growth for one year's input. It's an effective practice if it's one year's growth for one year's input. So if a learning goal or a learning intention is 0.68, then you're effectively getting over one and a half years growth for every one year of input. If you are using learning intentions in your lesson, then you are using best practice. You are being a teacher that is using quality teaching practices. So I would encourage us to look at this and start to add it into our lessons if we aren't already. So students should always have a clear understanding of what they are learning and how they'll be learning the content. And this is what a learning intention does. It it calibrates the students to the learning that's ahead. It states uh, clearly what they're going to be learning. And then by doing that, you're getting buy-in from the students. Not only that, but you'll actually also prime the students' brains and alerting them to what it is they're gonna be learning about. So then they're all of a sudden starting to think about what they already know about from the topic that you've presented as the learning intention. So there's so much benefit to starting your lesson well, starting with a clear intention, a clear purpose, letting the students know what it is that they're going to be learning, how they're going to be learning it, and why. And if we can start our lessons like this, we're going to see our students start to buy into what we're doing from the very start of our lessons. So how does a learning intention get put across to the students? How do we present it to them? There's so many different strategies that you can use to get a learning intention across to the students. The first piece of advice that I would give about a good learning intention is that it has to be at somewhere in the beginning of the lesson. You want to start your lesson with this or you may want to bring it in after your warm-up. If you're not sure what I'm talking about with a warm-up, I'd encourage you to listen to a previous episode on warm-ups. But learning intentions can be done before the warm-up, but I actually encourage our teachers and the teachers that I coach, do your warm-up first and then present the learning intention for today's lesson next. So as a teacher coach, I get the privilege of seeing many teachers use learning intentions in many different ways. And I want to go through a few of the effective ways to deliver quality learning intentions to your class. The first way is just written on the whiteboard. Many teachers will have a designated spot. Maybe the top left corner of the board is designated with the terms learning intentions and then they are able to write the intention for that particular lesson. And then when that lesson ends, they can rub it off and write the intention for the next lesson. And so there's nothing wrong with just writing the learning intention on the board so that you can refer to it during the lesson and actually point out that this is how we're going to achieve it. The second way is using PowerPoint slides. Many teachers teach off Keynote or PowerPoint slides. And the awesome thing about PowerPoint is that You can make a slide right at the beginning of your PowerPoint that has a learning intention put in it, but not only that, you can copy that and just paste it at the top of every slide so that all of the work that is on each of those slides constantly points back to the fact that our goal today for our our lesson is to achieve this, this learning intention. The, The next way that teachers might deliver learning intentions is simply through verbal statements. And this is a great way as well, just starting at the beginning of the lesson, talking to the students about what it is that you intend for them to learn, how they're going to learn it and why it's relevant. I think this way the issue with it could be that it gets forgotten about Um, because it's not written anywhere and it's not referred to again, unless the teacher verbalizes it again. So I would say for this one, just be aware that it can be something that might be forgotten throughout the lesson. There are many other ways that we can do learning intentions. We can put posters around the room. We can give students um, written uh, learning intentions on slips of paper and put them on their desk. Um, We can have um, acronyms around the room, such as Walt WALT. We are learning to and WILF, what I'm looking for. Um, and this can become universal language for our students. They just know that that's what is the learning intention for today. The final piece of advice that I would give about learning intentions, and this is probably the most important thing that I talk to teachers about when it comes to learning intentions. And that is that a learning intention is never the topic. It's never a broad statement that encompasses a lot of content. It's always got to be the direction of the lesson for the next 45, 50, 60 minutes that you have with those students. It's really important that your lesson intention isn't something that is so big that it can't be achieved in the lesson that you have with the students. So you need to drill down and ask yourself before you go into the classroom, What do I want my students to achieve by the end of this lesson? Not by the end of the unit, not by the end of the year, not by the end of the week. And the lesson intention is also not what the students will have done in the lesson in terms of work. So the lesson intention isn't complete worksheet three. The lesson intention has to be about what worksheet three is trying to teach Um, And so I wanted to go through some examples of good and bad learning intentions so that we can get it really clear what a good one looks like and what a not-so-good one would look like. So an example for uh, English class, for example, might be, we are going to write a letter to the editor of a local newspaper. Now, that is not a good learning intention. I'll, I'll read it again. We are going to write a letter to the editor of a local newspaper. Okay, again, this is not a good learning intention. Instead, something like this, we are going to learn how to use persuasive language to an audience. Um, Another learning intention that is not good might be our learning intention today is problem solving. Okay, again, that's very broad. What what kind of problem solving, how are we going to problem solve today? So a good learning intention might be today we're going to solve a problem using more than one strategy. So now you're you're helping the students understand that we're not just doing problem solving, we're learning how to solve problems using more than one strategy. Another not great example might be today we are going to do a science experiment with colours, whereas a better learning intention is today we're going to determine what happens when coloured water is added to oil. So now the students have drilled down, we've been able to drill down for the students of what it is that we're actually focusing on for today's lesson. And one final non-example of a learning intention might be, today we're going to be doing fractions. A better learning intention for the students might be, today we're going to learn how to add and subtract fractions. That way the students now understand that we're not just learning about fractions, we're learning about how to add and subtract them. In every episode, we want to give teachers a grab and go. It's the summation or the most important points of our podcast today put into a really quick and easy-to-use package. So for learning intentions, the grab and go is simple. You need to start your lessons with a learning intention. Ask yourself, did I communicate the learning intention at the beginning of the lesson? Did it describe or clearly explain what the students should know, understand or be able to do by the conclusion of the lesson? Did my learning intention drill down to what is achievable in the lesson itself? Was it visible to the students and was it referred to in the lesson? If you are ticking all of these boxes, then congratulations, you are using a really effective teaching practice. We want to thank you for joining us today on That Teacher Podcast. It's been so great to have your company. We encourage you to subscribe to That Teacher Podcast and also find us on Facebook at That Teacher Podcast. We also run a That Teacher Podcast group on Facebook that you can also join. By subscribing and joining, you're always going to be up to date with the latest episodes that we produce for teachers and we hope to see you there in the not-too-distant future. Until then, we'll see you next episode. Bye for now.